instead of analyzing and trying to learn everything so you have it all sorted just hit all around the place and something would work out but if you keep analyzing and then you choose that one place that you know about and then try there it may not work out and you'll be disheartened welcome to a new episode of hyperior presents in season 2 i interview new guests with the same vibe and the same goal to make you a better creator today i talk to niharika sodi Niharika has almost 100,000 followers on LinkedIn and has attracted a lot of fans to her creator journey. In this episode, you'll learn about her unique perspective on content creation and what systems she uses to create beautiful content. My name is Anique, co-founder of Hype Fury, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey Niharika, great to have you on the show. For people who don't know you, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay thanks for inviting me so my name is Neharika a little difficult to pronounce and I live in India I've just quit my job about a year ago and now I'm teaching a cohort based course I have digital products and I'm a full time writer I rarely freelance because I'm a bit too lazy for it but that's what I do and I'm still figuring it out I mean 6 months later I wouldn't have imagined what I'm doing today and a year ago like this was not even a dream it was way above what I could imagine so incredible journey and i'd like to talk about that because how did you fall into writing mode you know there's so much has happened to you over the years tell us a little bit about that so i like writing since i was a kid and i was very actively practicing it i used to write poetry i mean when i was 7 i wrote a poetry a poem on life and i'm sure i didn't know anything about life but then i wrote it anyway and then i wrote the next one on leaf <laughs> so i wrote like really random poems kids but my parents really encouraged it they told me that okay do whatever you want to do have fun like enjoy your writing but then as i grew up i still kept writing i just didn't think like it could be a career path and especially like india's a really competitive country it's such a set pattern right to like study and go for your undergrad go for postgrad so that's what i did I just went to one of the best places for undergrad for postgrad but then something still didn't feel okay but then I thought if I crib about it I'm going to be like a spoiled brat and entitled that everyone else is slogging their ass off so how dare I choose to do something different when the pandemic happened I had a lot of time to myself and then I randomly in the middle of a really boring zoom meeting because I was always called in hours of zoom meeting every single day where I wasn't even required but just because i was a junior most in the team and i started researching for random things on google and i came across some random blog who spoke about you know earning from writing and writing on medium so i started writing on medium and then i saw that there are actual real people who just write and they don't have to be famous they don't have to be big but they make a living out of it so i just started researching them heavily their journeys what they did to get there i just kept learning from different people so i can like steal whatever i can and put it in my own path and that's how like my goal was that once i start earning three times the my salary and it's not like my i earned a lot it's just that my salary was really less but enough to live here but if i earn three times my salary for like three consecutive months then i'll quit my job and be a full time freelancer being a creator was never a part of the plan and then i did quit my job <laughs> That's cool. So, when did you start writing on Medium and how were those first articles? 
Oh, they were so terrible. I started writing in September 2020, but my articles were so bad. And Medium is also a really tough place to grow in. I mean, I tell everyone that it's a one-year game. And when I say one-year, it means like posting between 10 to 20 articles a month, preferably 15 plus. And that's the only time like you can see some growth. But I, my articles were really bad. But I think that's also growth, right? Like right now, there are over 400 articles. And I think first 300 were terrible. But back then, at article number 100, I thought the first 50 are terrible. Well, it's good that you can see so much growth. And so you started just writing. How did you come up with uh, the types of articles, the substance? Writing on Medium was new to me, but I've been writing all my life. I mean, now it's I'm 26, so I've been writing for 19 years and not once in a while, but consistently. Because even in school, I used to have, I used to be a part of the editorial team, then in my undergrad I used to run a blog on WordPress back then. And uh, before Medium happened, like I deleted this influencer account on Instagram because I didn't realize, but it was taking a toll on my mental health. But I used to write there as well because I've solo traveled to a few places. I have a fat to fit fitness journey. So I used to write a lot of content there. So I just like practice the same thing. I think one trick is that I find it easier to write when I am going through the same thing in life. So let's say, okay, I'm trying this Ayurvedic diet plan so I can write about this later. You know, that time I was side hustling. So I wrote a lot about how it feels to side hustle. Back then I was dreaming to someday quit my job. So I would write about why I'm dreaming of that and, you know, how do I plan to get there? So I write a lot about what I'm going through in life. I think it's easier. Uh, It's interesting because... I don't write about anything that's happening to me. I mostly write about just practical things, resources to help people, I don't know, start their own business or grow their Twitter. But is it also because you start writing when you were seven and you were journaling a lot that you just, you know, your thoughts are well aligned to what you can write with your pen? So because I started writing a blog at 18 and then I continued the Instagram account till I was 24. So those six years, I was writing a lot about myself and my life, but again, making it educational in nature because how I started with the internet stuff was I blocked my entire journey of losing 25 kilos, which took nearly two years because I had a knee injury. So I was talking about myself, but I was also learning new things, reading these books. I also gave that knowledge. So it was like a mix of a personal story as well as having a takeaway for the reader, which is something I do even today. So I don't write it entirely about me because i feel why would somebody else waste time just reading about me okay and so you start writing on medium how quickly did you get to 50 blogs 100 blogs and then you know you also started a journey on linkedin i think medium i only became serious in march 2021 and then um i got like say i started touching four figures nearly two months after that So I think it took me like, if we take the entire journey, maybe it took me six months or something to get somewhere between 50 to 100 articles. But I only started taking it seriously in March because I realized that I'm just dreaming and not doing much about it. And, you know, manifestations don't work unless you're working towards it. So and LinkedIn was again, like it was never a part of the plan because I just randomly posted i used to share my articles on linkedin first but then when i quit my job i just posted a um you know a linkedin post saying today i quit my job to be a full-time writer and that got over a million views so (laughs) then i realized that i should probably write on linkedin 
<laughs> wow. So you just said, you know, I had the first 50 or 100 articles up and I already started making four figures a month. Was that based on the money you got from Medium or also sponsorships? How did you... Only Medium. And this is not counting. Like I used to get a lot of freelance gigs from Medium, which is one reason I really advocate the platform because instead of me going to Upwork all the time, now people were coming to me. So that really helped, you know, because you can negotiate better, you get better work because they want you and you're not running after them and you're not one in a hundred applicants. But I find it interesting because a lot of people are on Medium, but they don't get traction. What's the difference between you and those other people? Are they either they're writing about medium or they're cribbing about medium because <laughs> some people are always just writing about medium on medium, which is, I mean, it's futile. But um, I would say like one reason why people don't get traction is because they don't look at the reader. They only think of themselves and then they feel entitled that I should get paid because I worked so hard. Okay, but why should the reader read it? Every time I write any post, I always think that why should somebody waste their precious time? not waste, like put in their precious time when they're already spoiled with so much of content across so many platforms. Why should they read my stuff? So thinking of that makes you mindful of what you put out there and also makes you a better editor to cut out absolutely every word which is not necessary. Another reason could be that people don't try for long enough because it doesn't happen in first 10, 20, 30 articles. Maybe give it 150 articles, you know. But how do you come up with this is the reason why people should read this? By giving them value in some way and which is not just generic. So instead of just writing about waking up at 5 a.m. because the entire world knows it's healthy, but not everyone can do it, but we all know it's healthy. But why don't you write about why you wake up at 5 a.m.? What are the challenges that you faced? What was your process? And how long did it take for you to get into it? And what are your results? Because that is a better article than a generic, okay, why should you wake up at 5 a.m.? Uh, but that's also the difference between all those generic blog posts you read everywhere, where you just see what are the 10 best tools or the 10 best this or that. And then it's just a generic list instead of I went through all of this. And these are really what helped me instead of just a generic story. Interesting. But what I also see in every post or almost every post is it's something personal to your life. And somehow that just resonates to a lot of people. People think, hey, I want to follow her. I want to follow Niharika on her journey. Do you think that's also part of why you're, I guess, more successful than others? I think it's mainly because uh, a lot of my audience has seen me for two years. And then they've seen me how I was struggling as a side hustler how I started making it as a side hustler, how I quit my job, how everything went down when I quit my job. So I'm only talking about what I've already done and I don't teach anything that I haven't done. So I think they follow me because I've been there, done that, instead of just preaching and trying to be a guru because I don't want to be anyone's guru. And um, how I'd like to see it is that probably they see some sort of hope that if she could do it, then I can do it too. And considering like if you come from the Western part of the world, you have 10 times better facilities than I ever would. I mean, it's freezing cold here, but we will never have central heating, right? That's a minor inconvenience. Like people in India would call it a minor inconvenience, but somebody in the West, if they have to come and stay here, it's a major inconvenience to freeze. But this is just like one of the many things like I will never have 24 hours of electricity. I will never have 24 hours of hot water. 
and i just think it gives a ray of hope that if she could do it maybe i can do it too and you know live life on my own terms uh, i was surprised uh, somebody on our team also she's from india doesn't have any central heating she was you know wearing a, a winter coat indoors and um, yeah i had no idea ignorant me but yeah i guess that that you know resonates with a lot of people and if she can do it i can also do it and that's that's a it's a great way and because i think i don't fake it because i don't try to look like i'm making you know five figures a month because i don't make it and when i do i will put it out there but i don't make it and a lot of people also don't make it but then they write about it and you know you get caught later on and so the moment came when you made about triple your day day job salary and then then what happened so i got this one client who was like you know i was ghostwriting for him he was this really top guy in the silicon valley he was ivy league educated and it was going really well then my granddad passed away and uh, the gig still went on like a few days later he was really kind about it so then i got even more attached because i thought you know he's such a nice person and we were working throughout that time as well and um, then I quit my job and I told him because I had a 5 month contract so I thought that even if I have nothing else I will always have like this guy for the next 3 months after I quit my job and then he ghosted me <laughs> so he just like uh, told me that you know like a lot is happening at the and that time it was in the news that a lot is happening in that particular organization and everything but then he just said like um, i'll get back to you and then he never responded to anything and i had already quit my job and i already got used to getting like really good money so when i did start getting good money everything went down but today i'm glad that it did because it's also the reason i rarely freelance because i've realized that if i can make money and make a living to out of like being a creator which is what i enjoy then i do not have to work for so many people and take that stress Yeah and with time honestly anik money started becoming a bit insignificant maybe that's because who i am as a person and after i'm 26 and i've traveled to 25 countries and i what i've realized is that i do not have such big goals i mean if i have a healthy body and i have my family and you know like we live in a country with so much of poverty and i can have a house which keeps me warm and away from the rain then i'm very fortunate for me that always holds a priority and when it comes to work making an impact and me being happy and my customers or my audience being happy would always take like be a priority than earning x amount with money it's that as long as like i'm not struggling and expenses are covered everything else is a bonus because these are things that really matter and more money and not having this would be really terrible for me which is also the reason i did not monetize my linkedin as in sponsorships until like this week i said no to everyone just because i didn't want to be that person who's not real and faking it for the heck of money okay so you had a pretty big setback when uh, you quit your job and your only freelance client ghosted you what did you do to turn things around uh so then i spoke to somebody else who i'd been talking to for the last 3 months and he told me that we're going to start working together and all of that right and then i told him that hey so let's talk because now i'm finally going to be free i'm quitting my job and we had gone through an entire business blueprint and all of that for his company and then he says okay but um, you know you're from india so i'm going to pay you like 12 dollars an hour <laughs> 
and I'm just like why just because I'm from here he said yeah like why would you charge so much if you're from there and the thing is this person was a friend you know like he was my writing friend who I shared a lot with so so there was like not just one downfall there was another downfall because I thought if this client goes I'll have this but that person also went so then what I did was I just went on to Upwork and I started looking for one-time gigs so I don't have to commit for so long and that's when I discovered there's something known as copywriting and website copywriting is really cool, really high paying, but a lot of fun because it's essentially what I really like to do, which is condense a big thought into as few words as possible, which is catchy. And that's exactly what they wanted. I didn't even know what website copywriting is, nor did I learn it, but I really started enjoying it. And then I started doing one-time gigs. And then two months later, I went in for a surgery. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just to go back to um, the copywriting part, you actually went on Upwork, but you had no prior jobs, no um, reviews. How did you get your first jobs? I had like two reviews. Yeah. Oh, so there's this YouTube channel called Josh Burns Tech. And he is, I think, one of the highest paid Upwork freelancers. He created this really cool video on how to have a winning cover letter and all of that. So I used everything he told me to. And then I used a filter, which is to have verified payments, but also have new clients. And that's when I applied. And uh, also I figured out one more thing, which is that I remember back then somebody put their um, listing as like $150. And then I thought, okay, cool. Let me just play around and say, can this be $240? And he just said, yes. So I realized that literally, if you don't ask you will never get an answer. And the worst answer is just no. So yeah, two major lessons. One is like learning copywriting. The other one was just asking. But And then, then diving into like how you reply to jobs, because I've hired many people on Upwork. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars there. I get a lot of very, you know, broad, unpersonalized messages like, hey, I can do it. Uh, just reach out to me while I'm asking. Please give me a quote for this. How much would you charge? And people don't even respond to that. So I think a lot of people can still learn from somebody who's been there to say, well, you know, if you reply to a job post, then it needs to at least contain this and this and this. And then. So from a freelancer's perspective, I completely sympathize that we apply for many, many jobs in a day and all of it cannot be completely personalized. That being said, what I would recommend is like create like 15% of a standard template, which is, you know, your first line and your last let's talk and, you know, get on a call to discuss further. Maybe that can be completely, you know, copy pasted, but whatever you put in the middle should be personalized in the sense that, okay, you're looking for somebody who can increase your social media growth through content. And this is why I think I'm a good person for this job and for this company. So pitch yourself and also match whatever the job description says. So I was a recruiter as well as, as a full uh, in my first job. So the trick is always that whatever the job description says, just map out every single point and try to be a winner in all those points. So if it has three points that we want a person who does A, B and C, then at least have two points that I can do A properly and I can do C properly so that you stand out and try to show some proof of work like, uh, even I've recruited through Upwork and the sad part is that a lot of people who apply never show their portfolio. So how do I know you're a writer or, you know, you're an editor if you don't even show me this is what you've done. So even when the chips were low, I still kept writing on Medium so that 
if anyone wants to look me up there's a huge catalog of work that speaks for me makes sense okay and so the other freelance gig also turned into nothing you luckily got a couple of jobs on upwork and then the surgery happened and that's i think also around the time that i saw i think that post on on linkedin and a lot of people saw it tell us uh, tell us about it The surgery is the reason that I'm a creator today, by the way, because uh, <laughs> that's a bit interesting. Because okay, so I had an ACL reconstruction in both my knees, and then I was completely on bed for about four weeks, and I think I left my home only after six weeks. And for the first two weeks, I could not take a shower on my own or you know do anything on my own. So I was even if something like I'm sitting on my bed and something would fall down, I had to call somebody to. pick it up and it was a really pathetic feeling so it just made me mentally very very low because so when you think of being in bed for 4 weeks honestly i was excited i thought i'm going to binge watch on netflix read books be super productive even if i'm in bed but 3 days later you see that you're just on bed and incapable of doing anything on your own but the world is still moving around you and it feels like your life's just come to a halt and um it completely changed me because so about 2 weeks into my surgery i was just randomly sitting and i thought that okay can i have a course but what will i teach because there are so many courses and then i thought that my biggest strength is my consistency which actually doesn't come from writing at all it comes from hitting the gym because when i was 18 19 20 throughout my undergrad when people were partying eating junk drinking alcohol i was waking up at 6 and hitting the gym saying no to junk food not partying <laughs> and maybe that's the reason i'm so consistent today because discipline and consistency and not getting results quickly like delayed gratification like these things are not an issue for me i'm pretty good at it so i just put out a tweet and back then i didn't even know that hype fury has that huge feature i don't think it did the auto dm feature right it would have saved me so much time back then but i put out a tweet that hey if i can help you be a consistent writer then uh, please comment and i will dm you something interesting and i didn't have i don't even think i had a thousand followers back then i had very less followers right and then nearly like 120 people commented so i opened everyone's dm and i created like some landing page on convertkit which was really ugly it was super bad and i had no idea what i'm going to do I, i didn't even know there's something known as gumroad <laughs> so i thought i'm just going to do it there anyway if i screw up people forget very early on the internet because they keep scrolling so they're going to forget me anyways <laughs> so 120 people commented so i thought okay so what's next like maybe we lead them to a form and then um, everyone put in the emails about 70 people applied and um, then i thought okay that i'm just going to shortlist 40 people and these people were from across 20 countries and get them on a slack group and just like do something because i'm on bed and i have time so then i got them together and i thought it's going to fail right because i just thought what i'm teaching is super generic but then i got really good reviews and people really liked it so i thought okay now what do we do like it's happening on slack do i have to create a website how do i create a website it's very difficult i'm technologically quite challenged i don't want to go to wordpress and create an entire website and um, what to price this at and all of that happened right and i thought like people are saying good things because they want to be nice to me because i also like they all knew that i had a surgery so i thought they just want to be really nice to me 
So I created a Kamrud page with all their testimonials. And um, right now, it was still like a very broad blueprint of what I was teaching, right? And by the way, even on the course page today, I'm so shocked that the courses got sold out every single time because it doesn't mention what will you exactly do. It just mentions what your outcome would be, but it doesn't mention how. And so I don't know how do people trust me with that. So I just put it up and then I discovered, okay, there's a website called Kamrud. Maybe let's, you know... And I know nothing about sales. So I thought, let me just do the first, I don't know, 10 seats at $99 and then $129. And then it all got sold out. And that's the day like my then boyfriend proposed to me. <laughs> it got sold out like the same night. <laughs> so- we got to stick around. I need you. <laughs> that's funny. He was like, I need to keep her. <laughs> no, I didn't know it's going to be like, you know, I was after he asked me out and it was a surprise and then I got a notification I checked my email and there was a notification about a Gumroad sale and I was like oh my god people have paid me and then I got damn anxious because I was thinking okay now I have the money which means which also means that because I'm building in public they can also shit on me in public right and then I thought okay I'm just waiting till that one person says that Neharika's terrible and I didn't learn anything I need my money back and um, I mean I'm very grateful we have a 100% refund policy for the first like one week and nobody's ever asked for it so I feel happy but that's how Summit was born and my first ever freebie was also like last year December so that's how the creator path happened I think it was just about looking inside and seeing what can I do that brings value to others and how can I solve somebody else's problem and that's how I kind of became a creator how did you come up with the curriculum? Because, yeah, you can say, well, I'm going to make a consistent writer out of you, but that's easier said than done. And I've mentioned this so many times in my articles. So I'm like really lazy, okay? So for me, I want to get done with something as soon as I can so that I can chill. So, which is why even like that medium article or editing, everything, I try to get done with my work as soon as possible just so that I can relax after that. And I don't like that thing in my head that I need to get work done. And I think those methods have for some reason attracted a lot of parents because 90% of people who come have kids or have like really tiny kids and a full-time job and they're side hustling. And when I look at them, I'm just like, I can't complain of anything because those people have it really hard. So how did I come up with a curriculum? Getting back to your question is that um, it was random, nothing that I've ever done as planned. I don't even have a content calendar or schedule. It was just random that, okay, if I was a customer, what would I want? But I also don't want to make a lot of effort because I have a life to live. And also as a writer, I don't believe in writing every day and writing for 30 days because I feel the best ideas come for living. And that means going out on a date, spending time with your kids and traveling. So, yeah. Cool. And so... Still, there's you said a lot, but still, for people who are also lazy, also have a life, a family, and they would want to create a course, what would you advise them to come up with the curriculum? How would you create that? So whatever problem that you're aiming to solve, come up with a step-by-step solution that, okay, so for me, let's break down consistency. And I actually haven't done this in talk, like by talking, it's only been done in my head before, but the, what's the first step of consistency? probably just getting some ideas to write and also learning how can I keep getting ideas even after the course ends because that's the success metric. 
okay, so now that you've got ideas, so what's the best way that I can write a Medium article or a LinkedIn? Can I have a template for that? And okay, now that I have a template for it, what's the next step? How can I fit writing into my life instead of running around writing? So if I have a full-time job, maybe I want to learn various methods of writing and editing so I can decide that do I want to write Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday to Friday, or only Saturday and Sunday? And then, okay, now that I'm writing, I have my routine, I have ideas, I know how to write, I know what to write, how do I build an audience? And that's the next step. So maybe designing a curriculum can be breaking down the solution into steps because it just can't all be done at once. And then breaking those steps into days or weeks. Does that make sense? And so it was a course, but it also was people getting in Slack. So it was a core-based course and you help people to stay consistent? Yeah. And I help people come up with their own sustainable systems of consistency because I don't think writing for 30 days or any X amount of days makes you consistent. So I think learning systems that you can carry on, which fit into your lifestyle, like that's the only way to be consistent. Cool. We're starting a cohort uh, January 15th. I'd like to invite you uh, as a, a speaker, you know? Oh, wow. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> I, I also heard it's like selling a lot because I get information. <laughs> yeah, you get information. Yeah, I know from who. I know from who. Yeah, no, it's doing really well. And we just launched a new cohort. It's selling right now. We're sending like, a, we've changed a little bit from um, just you can buy whenever you want to. You have to apply to join. So we have a little bit more, you know, feeling with the people who apply that we don't have all these weird niches where, where we don't really understand, you know, what makes them tick. We know our niches where we can really help people. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. So you mentioned when I quit my job, I posted that on LinkedIn and it got a million views. So take us through why you decided to post that on LinkedIn and what happened afterwards. So why I decided to post that statement was only because I thought it's going to look like a badass move on LinkedIn where everyone's just, because back then everyone's just saying, oh, I joined Microsoft. This is what they gave me, a notebook, a bottle, three pens. And I'm just like, what if I do something entirely different? And it worked. And what happened thereafter were a few thousand requests. A few thousand requests. Yeah. Wow. So I have 30,000 requests and it's impossible to go through it. So that's an advice I've given to the LinkedIn team that even if one in a thousand are opportunities, I'm missing on 300 opportunities that I can't find. Anyway, so what happened then were like calls that people asked me if I want to work. And I don't think any of those calls materialized because the thing of, oh, but like I'm in US and if I want to pay that much, I'm just going to pay an American writer kept following me. I was like, I never took that to heart. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's okay with me. So yeah, I didn't get any opportunities, even though I went viral, which is why I think virality is really overrated. And then I went on with LinkedIn just for fun because now I was like writing full time. I didn't, I had time. And uh, I wasn't overworking and working for eight to 10 hours. So I just wrote for fun. Interesting. Last thing I want, I want to take the audience through is you mentioned that you're lazy. I think a lot of people are lazy. I'm lazy. And I think that's a good thing because you look for shortcuts and I don't see that as a problem. I see that as somebody who's creative and wants to find solutions to their life problems, which is I, I don't want to work. I want to do cool stuff all day, but how can I still do what I need to do? And, and have a great life. So take us through what a day in your life looks like, writing, being productive, but also being lazy and having a life. 
Right. So I'm going to like talk about a day in my life before I got married because right now I'm still figuring out how and how I can manage my time. It's so difficult. Right. Uh, so it's going to take me a while to adjust to this. So otherwise, what a day looked like was that I'd wake up and the first thing I do is that after, you know, writing my gratitude journal and all of those things, I would um, edit my article because I just edit really well if my brain is completely fresh and then I can look at these really big mistakes that I otherwise would overlook. And after that, I eat breakfast. And then after that, I write an article. And after that, I work out and meditate. Then there's lunchtime. And then till 4.30, I don't do anything. I just watch Netflix or like, you know, sit with my grandmom and just chill, whatever. And then I have tea and then at five I work again, which is I usually outline and I write a social media post if I have to. If I'm freelancing, which is very rare, then that's when I do it. And that's And then outlining for people, maybe run through that. What's an outline to you? I have an idea bank because I try to write 10 article ideas. I used to do it every day, but now I do it once a week. So because I never want to see a blank page and I always want something to write about because a blank page is overwhelming. So whatever article that I want to write tomorrow, I outline it in bullet points that this is what I will cover. And usually I outline three, four of them. So that is just easier in case in the evening, I don't have the time to outline it. Cool. And to anybody who's thinking of starting a writer career or thinking of, you know, creating online, what would you say to them? Instead of analyzing and trying to learn everything so you have it all sorted, just hit all around the place and something would work out. But if you keep analyzing and then you choose that one place that you know about and then try there, it may not work out and you'll be disheartened. Because when I started a course, I didn't even know the technicalities of it. Even when I launched a checklist, I never had a product in mind because I would always think, why would somebody buy from me? And even today, like I'm not, I don't think like I try too hard to sell because even my Black Friday sale just sale email just said, okay, I'm having a Black Friday sale, but my products may not be for all of you. So I want to keep it short and not waste your time. And this is the discount. So I think just being like, you know, hitting and trying and then learning as whatever works out a bit, learning on the go helps. So there's this weekly tweet that I post, which is start now and figure it out later. Great advice. I think a lot of people overthink things and they buy courses, but they don't actually do the thing they should do. And that's the best advice. Also, the answers are out there on the internet and on blogs, on YouTube. Like nothing is really rocket science. Your answers are right there about everything. I'm like self-educated from YouTube. So, yeah. Harka, thank you so much for being on the pod. Where can people find you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. So on Twitter, I'm at, so I'm just going to actually spell my name. It's N-I-H-A-R-I-K-A-A and uh, K-A-U-R-S-O-D-H-I. So type this anywhere and you will find me. <laughs> you can type my name Gumro, type my name LinkedIn, Twitter. You'll find me just not on Instagram because I'm against Instagram. Very good. Thank you, Naraka, for your time. This was great. Thank you. That's a wrap. But before we end this episode, I want to make a gentleman's agreement with you. I keep sharing these amazing podcasts with you. And the only thing you need to do in return is to go to YouTube, search for Hype Fury and subscribe to our channel and go do it right now. And I'll see you again next week.